Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. And welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so, so much for stopping by with this giant chat with friends. My family from Connecticut is here, but the man that we are going to feature right now, he is from uh, the UK. He has a Kickstarter that is... What's that? Yeah. I'm, I'm just hyping you. I'm being hype a hype man. man. You got Go a on. hype man over yeah. here. He, UK, <laughs> baby. Kickstart. He's from Huddersfield, as a matter Huddersfield! of Huddersfield! <laughs> and he, you know him for Dice Tower. Dan and Cora will uh, review children's games. Dan and Cora, his eight year old daughter. Eight year old? I hope he's an eight year old. Yeah, yeah eight, eight. She's eight. Yeah, yes, yeah. I got it right. Yeah. Uh, eight years old daughter. Uh, they designed a game together, a cooperative dungeon crawling, a kid friendly game called Cora Quest. We are. Putting away the reviewer hat, I, I'm normally a hard-boiled, very serious person about this, but we're going to put that away for about 45 minutes, and we are going to go shill, baby shill. Oh, yeah. For Mr. Dan Hughes, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's very nice to be here. Nice to see, nice to see you, Jason. Brampton, Gary. Uh, you know. Yeah. We are a big happy family. I, I as soon as Dan called him, like you know, I'm gathering the gang. I don't care what Dan says. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like one of those American chat shows where you got the host and then you got these strange people on the, the sofa. That I never on. quite understand why they're there, and they just keep <laughs> chipping in. That's what that's what Gary is, and 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 and, and Brant's like I don't know Santa Claus in the corner, as I say. <laughs> so the Ed McMahon of podcasts has shown up to my right over here. He is from the Portal Gaming Podcast. He is a retailer, so he's going to give us his perspective on how many copies of Core Quest that his store is going to buy. Uh, it is Mr. Brant Sanderson. Uh, you may not recognize him with the giant beard, but nevertheless, welcome to the show. Howdy, thanks, Jason. Dan, it's pretty good to see you, I suppose. Gary, <laughs> wake up. And the Vanna White of this show, who will contribute very, very little, but look pretty doing it, uh, despite waking up at 9 o'clock in the morning. He has been on my show before. He is also a Connecticut resident. The three of us that are not Dan with a British accent are from Connecticut, so that's why we're a big happy gaming family. He is Gary Pope. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jason. And um, yeah, it's been a long time since I've done anything board game related. So I can't really, yeah, you're right. I can't really contribute anything to this conversation. I mean, the, the most I can contribute to this conversation is, is that I know the title of the game. Yeah, very good. That's good. Have you heard of this new game called Catan, Gary? It's, it, it, it came out since you were, you know, after you left board gaming media, but um. I, I think I've heard of that one, but I'm, I'm more familiar with like something like Jenga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is devolved. His board gaming has rolled back in his brain. I think it's interesting that Gary thought that he used to bring something to exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to his content. <laughs> Yeah, so it's the, been a long time. <laughs> the plan today, uh, so we have a, a double plan, so to speak. The first one is we are going to uh, share, not chill necessarily, yeah. but we're going to share about CoraQuest. CoraQuest um, is a very interesting project. I've taken, uh, as a psychotherapist, I've taken a pretty deep look at it because I intend to, 
I want this game, and I'll get into that in a second for you know of playing with kids. And then the second part of this discussion, and I think we all have things to contribute, noticing by the gray in all of our beards. <laughs> we all have kids, and I really do want to explore the question of how to get kids into gaming. So you ask that that question gets asked about once a week on any forum you go to. It's like, okay, I want to get my kid into gaming. I you know recommendation for four year old, five year old, six year old. We all have experience for good or ill, <laughs> getting our children into board games. So we're going to talk about that. But first, core quest. Yes. So the question that I like to lead off these, uh, these interviews with is not necessarily tell me about the game, but tell me why this game needs to exist. What is missing in the board game space that core quest is trying to fill? Uh, th th there's two reasons why this game needs to exist. Um, the first is a very personal reason, and the, and the second is a, is, a, is a wider, wider hobby type reason. The personal reason is it needed to exist because, um, it, because because myself and my daughter wanted to do something creative together, yeah. and um, and it was in the middle of lockdown. She was bored. I don't know what your feeling is on this, Jason and, and, and Gary and, and Brandt, but I, I think the lockdown has been the hardest on um, preteen children because yes. preteen children don't don't have the social contacts in, in the kind of with the internet and things like that. Mm -hmm. they, they're not able to get online with their friends and things like that. They're not able to go out on their own and things and go for walks with people or, or, mm -hmm. or see people. So in the, in the height of the lockdown for preteens, the world shrunk to, to two or three rooms basically. Right. Um, and, and to try and find some joy within that and, and, and to, to, to get through the drudge of that, that time mm -hmm. was hard for us all, but, but especially hard for kids, in my opinion. Right. Um, and, and just to underscore that from my perspective, the reason why Dan says preteen is because when they're super young, they're going to be with their parents for the most part. Yeah. They, they do interact with other people, but having the parents around, they're still getting used to that. When they're teenagers, they want everybody to go away anyway. And they are perfectly happy with playing Among Us for like 18 hours on the internet. You're <laughs> fine. Uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> when dinner is ready, I'll let you know. When you yeah. are a preteen, when you are mm, 6, 7 to 11, mm -hmm. around there, not only are you forming yourself in terms of your identity, in terms of the ideas that you have in your head as a person moving forward, you need that, that larger field of interaction. An 8-year-old is already tired of you. As yeah. a parent, they don't need all of that parent. <laughs> that, that's so, it. And, and, and as I say, also, the internet is a, is a wonderful way of socializing. But usually under 11, you don't have that level of, like my 14-year-old son is chatting to his friends all the time on Xbox Live and things like that. My daughter doesn't have that facility. Um, so anyway, so, so we just decided that in order to kind of supplement the homeschooling, um, we'd do something fun as well as the worksheets and stuff. So we started creating a game. It was a game intended just for us. My daughter very much enjoyed watching me play D&D &D with my friends, enjoyed playing some kind of dungeon crawly games like zombie side and things like that with me but um but it's always been faintly above her head um and and the theme has been slightly inappropriate um the you know the the mechanics have have been slightly too, zombie side's not particularly complex but but you know what i mean slightly too yeah. complex but all like that kind of saws cutting out cutting down zombies yeah and yeah that kind of stuff i mean and, and kids like violence don't get me wrong i'm not some you know you look at fairy tales they're full of violence kids yeah. like violence um but but, <laughs> but there's there's ways of, of framing violence and things right. like that i think yeah so um so so yeah so so we did it for something for us to do 
so, so that's why it needed to exist. Now, it, it, it snowballed beyond there, and, and I'll, I'll get into that in a bit, but basically various people kind of encouraged us and, and inspired me and, and came on board, and, and, and it snowballed and to a point where I thought, this, this could do with being out in the open. Um, and the reasons for that are that it is, there are very few merry Trashy games for aimed families to play together not aimed at kids particularly but aimed at at parents or or guardians or adults to play with the preteen market um kind of six to to eleven or 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 even higher really um there's there's master mystics there's um stuff fables and then you kind of run aground and and even master mystics and fable the mechanics of those are quite complex um within that they're very good games and the narrative is fantastic but there's some quite complex mechanics within that so i wanted to go even simpler than that into a game where a child can contribute to it to a greater degree it helps because we made a cooperative game so obviously uh, a parent can can or sorry i keep saying parent but guardian you know what i mean the, the adult can can guide um guide the child through um as well but um so so in that respect i think i think playing together um and and forging memories is one of the most valuable things gaming's done for me as a, as a parent. And I wanted to co- contribute to that and, and kind of fill a niche that isn't being filled, in my opinion. There's lots of dungeon crawlers out there, mm-hmm. but they're all dark and grim dark and, you know, and all this stuff. There's no kind of light, jolly, whimsical stuff that's appropriate for kids. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, we wanted to make it incredibly accessible for kids. So, so we started thinking, well, why don't we just use Cora's art for this? Um, and so all the art in the um, in Cora Quest is actually done by Cora or the kids within, well, all over the world, to be honest. Um, and Gary has just coloured it in. Now, he's done an amazing job of colouring it in and it looks fantastic. But not I, you, I not you, on, Gary. I, I keep on saying whatever you post about. So Gary King is the artist that you're working he is, with. Yeah. Whenever you thank Gary King for anything, I'm like, why is Dan thanking Gary Pope for a damn thing? <laughs> The easy way of remembering it, Jason, is I will never thank Gary Pope for anything. That's the easy way. I will never gladly accept it. (laughs) If I mention Gary and and, and either in the context of birthdays or or just insults, then that's Gary Pope. There you go. I can't believe how much y'all have ruined my birthday. I know, I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I've I've stopped doing it now, Gary, because it it kind of be on the joke. I can get into that later. Uh, Those of you who don't know the inside joke, uh, Gary, I mean, Dan and his partner in crime, Mike Delisio, would often post on various groups that it was Gary's birthday, whether it was his birthday they're not so you can imagine how old that gets very quickly. no no it was it was dan and i the oh, two yeah, of us were the ones yeah, right, yeah. before before mike it, it, it goes quite it quite goes quite deep that oh. the, 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 there was a there was a period of time where i well once i was up i, I was just idly on the, the facebook and i decided to like one of gary's posts and then i decided to go through his entire history and like every single post he's ever made um and that that was an incredibly amusing way of tormenting somebody because obviously he's getting notification really yeah, notification <laughs> after notification. The crazy thing was that about the Facebook algorithm at that point would also then highlight it on other people's walls yeah. of <laughs> yeah. when someone else liked super something super old. So it's like, okay, now all of a sudden a hundred people just saw like this post from like five years ago and they're like, Oh, <laughs> hey Gary, nice video photo, a nice video. I'm like, What? It's like, all right. <laughs> 
It was all Dan's fault. <laughs> it is. And, and, the algorithm, and using the algorithm like that, that, I found a load of, of his past birthday posts and put, oh, happy birthday, guys. So then everyone else started posting happy birthday because the algorithm put these up to the top. That's, that's where it all started. So what you're, um, so, 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 uh, what you're hearing is that CoreQuest was designed by two children. Yeah, well, that is... <laughs> Yeah, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, yeah, go, 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 going back to, sorry, the, the, the reason that exists to exist. The other thing we wanted to do is share that creative experience. We, 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 we found that we, we loved, uh, there was a point during making it about three or four days into it where Cora turned to me and just said, I really loved it. I love doing this. You know, she was so excited and so energized by the fact that she was creating something that previously she'd never even considered had been created almost, mm. if you see what I mean. That, that she was empowered enough to create a, an entire kind of game and system. And she's quite, um, she, she's an imaginative kid, but she's also... She, that comes down on the kind of math side of things, you know, the, the logical. And so she loved the fact that we were working out the mechanics and things like that. And the fact that, that that can be a creative process as well was, was, was very exciting to her. So, so we decided that we wanted to make it customizable, just like in, in, just like in role-playing games, you can make your own characters and stuff. You don't really see that in, in board games. And, and Dungeon Crawlers are kind of on that cusp of role play. They're more like kind of tactical role playing games, aren't they? Often Dungeon yeah, Crawlers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, so, so we, we we decided we wanted people to be able to make their own characters and make their own monsters and enemies, and then and then kind of developed a system where people can make their own stories as well. So basically, we've given people we're giving people enough to just play the game out of the box, but then. On top of that, if you want to be creative with your child or, or yourself or whatever, you can basically throw all our stuff out and just mm -hmm. have the core mechanics and the core tiles and cards and stuff and make your, entire, your, your own stories, your own worlds, your own heroes, your own monsters for them to battle. A lot of people have said they're going to um, take... We've got this web app where you can create a, a hero cat. It looks official because kids like things looking official you know what i mean um <laughs> well they, they, they do I, I remember as a, as a kid drawing something and, and throwing away saying oh that, that doesn't look like it does in the book so i wanted it to look i mean that's the other reason for using i know i'm going all over that's the other reason for using kids art is because it, it makes it accessible for other children to do if, if you see that you know it's obviously kids art it's colored in nicely but it's obviously kids art yeah. um and so you can well they've done it why can't i do it type thing and and, sure. and there's no st impossible standard you have to get to to make it to make it fit in so people people are putting the um, using this app to put their their family on there so they say we're gonna as a family have our characters in there and go through the dungeon kind of as a family or or all the dogs are gonna go through there or or, or whatever the a team i'm gonna do one for all the a team going through a dungeon um so uh uh, but yeah, yeah. So, 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 I yeah. Does that answer the question, Jason? Yeah, Sorry, sure. I get carried away. <laughs> you hear the passion on this project. There's definitely one of the things that I wanted to emphasize in this interview with this video. You see the enthusiasm. You see the passion. This is absolutely one of the things I wanted to do to feature the game. Uh, Gary Brandt, please chime in anytime if you have any follow-up questions or anything like that. Uh, Gary, you look like you're percolating. Actually, uh, uh, Brandt raised his hand. <laughs> so, <laughs> go ahead, Brandt. Well, I was just going to ask about the mechanics. I mean, I know about the armor check, the dice check, the stat analysis. After you do some light calculus, uh, what do you have to do in order to play the game? Um, it's there's kind of the two aspects of the game are how the dungeon's created, so how how you actually go out and and an adventure in a dungeon, and then how combat works and things like that. So how you adventure in a dungeon is you've got a number of square tiles. 
you you pick a tile off the top of um, it's a card actually, but you pick the card off the top of the deck and put it down and and twist it around and it will. It, that's how the dungeon gets laid out. And within that within that pile, there's four story tiles. So they've still mm-hmm. got a dungeon on them, but they've also got an associated bit of text you can read out. So you you bring one out and it might uh, the first adventure is it's a backpack with a load of clues on on what's happened to these gnomes that you're going to find and then and then there's a trap come out a bit later on and then right to the then the fourth one that's where the big baddie comes out but um we don't actually we the, the way you people there's like 12 so far there hopefully be more of these story tiles and they're all kind of a bit like dixit they, they, they could be interpreted in any in lots of multiple different okay. ways so just just because this this the, one of this tile has a a broken table with with a sword on it, that's where the the snake is in one of the adventures. But it could be also be, um, you know, where you meet an old wizard woman, or you know, you, you can you can create your own stories around that. So the story is kind of yeah. spaced out along this this dungeon as you explore. Now the like, combat's just really easy. Mice and Mist, just to interrupt, Mice and Mystics does something similar where they have tiles and they're kind of like they can be like they they feature in multiple adventures yeah so like here you're escaping from the owl and here you're you're running towards the owl for some reason (laughs) Uh, that's it yeah and you can pace the story by by um, a bit like pandemic you shuffle you you split the cards into four then shuffle one of these story cards and then and then reassemble Mm -hmm. the 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 deck type stuff um they they come back dead easy basically um you you have a base stat which is a red dice which is a dice with three of the sides of got success on them and then you have a weapon usually um which has got a white dice it's got two successes on um and you roll the dice if you roll two successes you do two damage if you roll one success you do one damage if you you roll no successes um we got some feedback that some kids struggle a little bit with rolling nothing right um and 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 so what we do is you've got a determined mechanic so you flip your card over and next next turn, you really you know really want to hit this thing, so you roll you roll more dice. Right. So there's a little reward for missing if you see what I mean. You're going to be yeah. better mm-hmm. next time, and that helps some kids who who, who struggle with disappointment. It, it, it's it's meant to help them just cope with that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, so so, so yeah. yeah, and then as as you go through the dungeon, you pick up treasure and you get better combinations of dice and special abilities and stuff like that. But it's all all really simple basic stuff it's a very simple game so there's custom dice or like not custom oh, yeah, dice, custom like dice yeah, yeah upgradable different versions of dice you can bring yeah, yeah. okay yeah yeah Cust- am Cust- i ever going to get to the point where i'm doing this this is my favorite <laughs> thing to do in any game i think the most dice you're gonna likely to be rolling is five oh, i think five, only five, five dice. they better be big <laughs> 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 yeah yeah usually you're rolling two i'm afraid but um but yeah you, you just don't want the monsters to be ro- rolling now that, that's when yeah. you start worrying <laughs> all right i got a question as a as a ex-gamer myself i was yeah. uh, very much of high fashion and uh luxury uh items with all my games will this kickstarter involve any uh metallic coins or anything <laughs> extremely flashy and over the top and completely unnecessary uh added to it no, um, other than the app. But the thing that... that Actually, that, that app want... is pretty cool. I like the app a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, app, the app's awesome. The app's awesome. And we, we're hoping to get one for the monsters as well. So you can create your own monsters and have them oh, printed cool. out cool, uh, coolly as well. No, there, there are a few stretch goals that are really awesome, to be fair. But, then, but one of my big beliefs about family games, and all gaming in actual fact, and I feel very strongly about this, is one, there's a number of things that keep people out of gaming. 
and the, the, you know the, the, there's a, there's a number of uh, of, of cliques of discriminatory type uh, you know things that keep people out of gaming one of them is about income income level um and and my big belief about gaming is that the higher we go up the ridiculous kickstarter you know hundred dollars for a game type thing the more we exclude people right. uh, and we make it a, a preserve of the middle classes really right. um and so the petty bourgeois Exactly, and 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 so um, the little is that little peas in French? I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so so I, I believe strongly that that games should be affordable, and and so we wanted to make this affordable. Now we're dealing with low print runs and stuff, so it's not as cheap as as if um, Game Right did it or whatever. But it's thirty thirty pounds is what we're aiming at, which is, I think is about. 35 to 40 dollars 40 40 ish dollars yeah so so it's it, it i wish it was cheaper but it can't be because of minimum print numbers and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. shipping man shipping um but <laughs> i'm gonna do a podcast on shipping. one of these days i will have a, an expert to do a podcast people have no idea what it is entailed no it's it's amazing it's amazing well i will tell you there then i mean there's where people backing through a retail store could be helpful because if the copies come to a retail store and then they pick up theirs. Their shipping cost is yeah, yeah that's true. That, that is built true. In there, you know, to just that is true. Up at their store, it, it, so. It's not the shipping. It's not the shipping to an individual that's the big cost. It's uh, the shipping to the hubs. Yeah, because shipping right. to the individual people tend to pay. You know, postage on top, but yeah. you can't charge people for shipping from I China got it, to right. to. Um, to, uh, what were they, they called? Uh, I need to do that podcast. People need to know. They, 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 they don't, well, uh, don't ask me because I'm not done. The other, the other, the person who's dealing with that kind of thing is my friend Mark Cook, who used to be yes. the um, CEO of Hush Hush Games until mm-hmm. until stuff happened with that. Not he, nothing to do with him. He just, he just the company was was dissolved and then by the owner, and then he now works with uh, another the plastics. Soldier Company, I think it's called. Um, but he's a pro- project manager for board games, and that's what he does professionally. So he's managing all that side of things, which is good because I don't mind telling you, if he wasn't, you probably, you know, it wouldn't go smoothly because I'm a, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the most business minded person. We just went over this child, the, the two children designing games. Uh, exactly, exactly. I think th- I think that would be too much for me, basically handling that on top of everything else. That's ultimately what it is. Um, so he's very kindly come on board. So that's really, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about how, uh, you know, COVID and kids of this age being home and being together um, and ha- having a game to kind of play with kids. And I think as gamers, sometimes we think, oh, what could I play with my kids? But when I was growing up, it was my siblings and I playing. Like yeah. my brother would teach us the game or I would teach my friends the game. So what about kids playing this game with other kids it sounds like it's very accessible for kids to play on their own yeah yeah i, I think you it depends on how young that kid is to be honest and, and depends you know I, I wouldn't said you put it down in front of a bunch of six-year-olds and let them get on with it because that that won't work but i think once the child has, has, has played it and cora's played it solo as well when she's been bored she's, she's had to go at it solo so so yeah yeah no it is it is accessible um but but it but it's a I suppose my audience is, is the audience I'm aiming for is is gamers who game with their children, to be honest, if I'm absolutely honest. Um, because because there is a level of complexity. It's as simple as I can make a dungeon crawler, but you can't get away from a line of sight, you can't get away, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. You you, yeah. you can only simplify it so much. So six year olds I wouldn't thought could play together. 
you know, 10 year olds. How yeah. did you handle line of sight? That, that is like the, the question to ask of a dungeon crawler. If line of sight is crappy, then I know that I'm in for a bad time. Yeah. It's really tricky because there's no, you, you look at it and there's no good way of doing line of sight. Now we had, right. we had two options. Um, well, we had a number of options, but we, what we're doing is, is any, basically any point within the square, if you can draw a line to any mm-hmm. point within the other, the, the other, square then you can see them um and the only thing that block it is other characters and walls right um we were thinking about well should we just say if you're within so many spaces you and, and not worry about line of sight and make it really really simple or have just kind of if you can if you're off and you can draw an orthogonal or diagonal line you're along squares um, then you, you can you can do it, and then but that means that people could hide in the in the weird gaps and stuff. And and the person who made the ultimate decision on that was Cora actually. Mm-hmm. So I went to a, I gave her um, two main three main options, and she she picked that one because she felt that was a logical one. The any point in your square, you know, so you can you can turn around the corner and go or whatever. But yeah, line of sight's not easy. It, it's right. it's an, it, it's it's really. I suppose unmatched do it very well, but you have to have a really weird board when you've got unmatched. You can't do unmatched is the point to point system. So that's, that's a step you could do distance based that. If you're going to do squares, it's, it's a lot harder. Yeah. 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 Or hexes so, uh, or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 So, so, so yeah. So, so yeah, kids could play it together, but, but really about my envisaging is, is, is a family, the families play it together. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, uh, okay. So I think like in terms oh, of the base, Gary's got a question. Gary has no question. <laughs> Jason's not going to get to his next point. <laughs> oh, no, you go, you go to your next point. I, I'll no, 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 I, have no, I have no next point. Go ahead, Gary. All right. So what I was going to say was that um, uh, with uh, Dice Tower going on right now with their Kickstarter and stuff like that, yeah, uh, yeah. is, is, uh, is uh, Core Quest going to make an appearance as a promo, as like a late Kickstarter promo or anything like that? Are we expected for any surprises like that down the line no well well one of the stretch goals is me doing a top 100 gary so so i can tell you now what number one yeah, no one cares be. about that though <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone cares about that in, in fact one to 100 is going to be core request just said in different accents <laughs> i prepared, prepared a prepared a list of accents to use and and uh, how many countries core quest uh zimbabwe core quest <laughs> 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 that's it that's it um no uh no it's not because i, I nearly offered to tom um, but i thought well it hasn't actually funded that's a bit previous really um you might not fund so so you want, they might end up... <laughs> that'd be so awkward yeah <laughs> it's just like, like um, yeah tom we uh, have like we're going to give you guys like a, a hundred uh, uh promo cards for your kickstarter it's like Hey Tom, um, by the way, yeah. <laughs> although I could give him some Huddersfield timeline promos. Oh my goodness! You still have those? I've got, look at look, look at how many I've got, Gary. For some reason, no one wants them. I don't know why. For some reason, <laughs> <laughs> these, these are promos that I uh, I had. My, I went through a phase where I was um, uh, for a joke trying to get designers to to set their games in Huddersfield. So one, that was not a phase. Two, it was not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> a, a pretend joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> One of the uh, passive aggressive jokes is not really a joke. It's like I really this. mean. I love with these these timeline things. Yeah. So if anyone wants to know them, they can just get in contact with me and uh, and uh, pay yeah. the vat. <laughs> <laughs> pay all that. <laughs> 
Yeah, just throw those in the first hundred copies of Core Quest. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, I, do, I was thinking about that, but then you'd have to be shipped to me, and then they ship them out. It's like, well, that would be quite cost, right. costly. Oh yeah. <laughs> what? They're not coming from your basement. <laughs> That's not where Core Quest is made. What? We're going to ship the three copies we sell out, and then the rest are going to go there into my go. basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least these are small. Like, if, if we if we got loads of Core Quest left over, it's going to be a lot. You know, a couple of hundred is going to be a lot more than this. Just this little box. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. For the podcast listeners, Dan is holding up little boxes of promos all over the place. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you are interested in a promo for Timeline, which is an excellent little like trivia s game or some game. other, I think there is Huddersfield Monopoly floating around there somewhere. There's a lot of but, a lot of like Huddersfield England that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure there is any other Huddersfields. It's not like Halifax and uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, so- so out of curiosity, though, um, with COVID going on right now or anything like that, I know you're not handling the logistics and stuff like that, but have you had your toe in it enough to, like, know, notice, like, any of the different things that COVID's been causing issues with when it comes to, like, logistics and shipping and uh, uh, timeline and all that there's, stuff? There's, ma- there's, ma- there's massive, massive problems with, with um with shipping at the moment, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of semi-indirectly related to COVID. It's not, it's not COVID restrictions that's causing it. It's the lack of shipping containers in China and right. all sorts of stuff going on. Um, I think, as, as I say, I was talking to Frank West, who's the um, designer of uh, Isle of Cats, who's a very nice man, has given me some great advice. Um, great and he, um, he, was, he was saying, you know, it, it, it's almost gone up, you know, it's almost tripled or even quadrupled the, the cost of getting a container from from China to another country, especially the UK. Um, Because at the UK, we've got loads of Brexit stuff going on as well. And we've got some changes to our VAT laws and stuff like that. So it's a bit of a nightmare at the moment. Fortunately, well, I'm hoping by the time Core Quest actually ships, it's going to be November. um, So I'm hoping a lot of that will settle down. And we've we've, another reason why the the, the price is more than I'd, I'd love it to be is because we had to what I don't want to do is get itself into a, a situation where we're begging back to backers and things like that. So, so we've, we've, we've built in a contingency plan, yeah. a contingency <clears throat> fund of um, 20% just to, just to make sure we, we covered in case things still, things still are awful. So okay. yeah, I, th- I, th- mm-hmm. I think there's been a massive, massive impact on shipping um, with, with COVID. Um, and it's, it's really bad at the moment, apparently. Oh, it's not like we should. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm saying it was a massive bottleneck. Like you know, the ship. It, you don't realize like it really like most of the games we love. Like you know, you see Brant and I have these games and everything. Like imagine one ship, <laughs> and if you don't have the staff that's there for that one ship, then that is going to get delayed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what was the game that the boxes all fell in the ocean? Oh, one deck. Oh, the, one deck yeah. galaxy, I think. Yeah. Oh, From yeah. Chris that would be bad. Awful. That would yeah. be bad. Yeah, I keep so, on interrupting so Gary. Like I, I'm so disrespectful to Gary. No, I'm ru- no. Dan is rubbing off on me how disrespectful <laughs> I'm being to Gary. <laughs> no, it's no problem at all. Um, so it sounded like from uh, what you were saying that uh, according to your logistics and stuff like that, we should be getting core uh, quests in our hands in December around the holidays, right? Yeah, that, that's a plan and ready for Christmas. I mean, obviously, um, we've all done Kickstarter. We all know that that, that may not happen. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> probably but, no one <laughs> well well who knows but um but again we've we've, we've tried to build in a, a, a buffer zone there but it just it, who knows with world events as they are who, who knows what's going to happen you know mm. um and and you know things just come up uh, and if you're a small producer the manufacturers can often bump you back to the back of the line and things like that apparently if they've got a new big order from asthma day coming they will prioritize asthma day because they mm. see them as as repeat customers rather than me who'll be a one-off which is 
completely fair enough because that's that's accurate. But so, you're not building an empire there, Dan. You're not going to. No, I'm no interest in becoming a publisher at all. If this entire experience has taught me anything, it's that. I'm very ambitious and very enthusiastic for this project, but after this is done, well, you may see uh, an expansion or, you know, just, just removing Core Quest of the Swamps or something like that, just, so, just, just, just to get some more stuff out there. But, yeah, this is, no. Yeah. I, I'm happy being a nurse. I'm, I'm all right. I don't want to be a board game publisher. Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, question. Um, oh, what was it? It was. I, it just left me. It just left me. Um, this is why we disrespect oh. you, Gary. This is why. I, yeah. I feel free no, to interrupt you. You are awful at this, Gary. <laughs> I remembered it now. So, um, like uh, going back to what Brad said in terms of the accessibility to the kids and stuff like that. How, um, how you said like, oh, it's not ideal for six year olds, but it's more for like parents with uh, kids and stuff like that. Um, as a parent, and also as a parent that hates reading rule books and pretty much does not play games, like <laughs> Brett's teaching me, or if um, uh, if there's a watch a play video or something like that, how easy would it be to actually teach this game? Is this one of those games where it's like I could pull it out of the box and probably read the rules within maybe ten minutes and then teach the kids, or is it like no, you probably need a little bit more time to that to figure out things and stuff? Um, no, it's pretty easy. I think ten ten minutes you could you could get through the rule book and, and learn it. If you've played any kind of these games, a lot of the stuff in the rule book is going over the stuff that you already know. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> the, the, there's various conventions that I'm, you know how to roll, roll dice. Yeah, well, I don't actually say get it in your hand and, and roll it, but you know, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your opinion on dice on the table? There was a massive Twitter thread about like. Uh, if the dice falls off the table, it no longer counts. And someone yeah. had a big problem with that. They're like, no, it should count. I don't know no. what your opinion on that is. Unless you're playing a solo game or a cooperative, if it falls off the table, it doesn't count. If you're playing a solo game or cooperative, it completely depends on what that result was. To whether, <laughs> <laughs> to whether, it, to whether it counts or not. That's my, that's my view on it. Excellent. I'm sure that'll be in the rule book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah maybe I should put that in the rule book. That'd be funny. Uh, Absolutely. No, <laughs> I'm here all day. I got more. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty accessible. It's pretty accessible. Um, and and it's, it's very... Teaching it is also easy because you can actually teach as you go along. Um, oh, okay. Uh, generally, as long as one person knows the rules, you can, you know, you can, you can just get... And you'll, you'll pick it up within, within five or ten minutes as, as you play it type stuff. So it sounds like it's no different than Kingdom Death Monster then. You very similar to Kingdom Death Monster. Too. A lot of the same iconography, a lot of the same imagery as Kingdom Death Monster, you know, the same kind of themes, overriding themes. I think I it's important like the that... The same size booth at a Gen Con or Essen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same price point as well. Same price point as well. So, um, so yeah. So. <laughs> I cannot wait for the three-breasted teacher from Doom or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can create it if you want. You can use you can use the uh, the character creation stuff to create that. If that's oh, what that's... you're really into, Jason, I'm fine with it. You know, as long as you keep Day it in the privacy of your own Reddit. house. Yeah. <laughs> Ahead, I was going to say you said 30 pounds, but Gloomhaven was only 22 pounds, I thought. So it's <laughs> a big game. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, those standees. Those standees, man, they, uh, they weigh a bit. Solid gold. Yeah. Oh, which, uh, which, so it, does this game include it? I, I haven't, I, like I said, I know nothing. No, it's, it's, it's I, fine, I man. Up, it's fine, man. You just, you just turn up, Gary. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even got dressed, ladies and gentlemen. If you listen to the podcast, he's still in his pajamas. It's, it's yeah, a disgrace. I, I actually, we're lucky. I actually had to go let my dog out, and we're actually all very fortunate right now that I actually had on pants to begin with. So let's just <laughs> thank God on that one. But um, no, but uh, back to the question. Um, so does this game include standees or anything like that? Like, how are you taking care of uh, the uh, minis? And and not only that, like you know how you're going to be you're going to be able to create characters and stuff like that. How is that going to be integrated into like 
the standees besides just the cards and stuff? Or is it just like very... Um, it's almost like I paid you, Gary. It's almost like I paid you. Well done. That's he's a, a great plant. Question. I know nothing. That's, I know nothing. That's no, no, that is why Dan had, that he insisted on Gary Pope being on the show. He's like, why him? He's nothing contribute. Dan's like, don't worry. <laughs> um, it is all standees. Um, th- th- there's uh, there's quite a few standees in the box. I think uh, off the top of my head, is about twenty, um, maybe twenty five, <clears throat> um, and. Well, there's two reasons why we haven't gone for minis. A, I, I don't know anybody who can make minis, and I can't, you know, I can't afford minis, and it would take the the, the money above where I'd be comfortable being. But also, because of, we've got this ethos of creativity and things like that, a, a kid can't make their own mini, but a kid can definitely make their own standee. And and the the app we've got actually will print out the character card, but also prints out a standee of that mm. same image as well. Um, wow. So so um, so that that again encourages kids to make their own their own their own stuff so so i i think standees are the perfect i know i like minis as well but standees are the perfect thing because i think it it allows access the whole game is about allowing access to get under the hood and play with it yourself mm-hmm. um um and an easy access so a kid can get under the hood and play with themselves yeah. as well and so so standees is, is, is the perfect way to go for that a lot of people have been saying oh you should do do looks um minis and all that kind of stuff and mini cells like yeah but it goes against the ethos of the game, so no. I th- it sounds like it sounds like that you should add uh, minis as a uh, Kickstarter uh, goal if you as reach like a million dollars. Do an exclusive like add-on. Make it just make it that like a million dollar goal. A million dollar goal. Yeah, yeah. I, I could exclusive. No, no, no. It's not, not going to happen. I would, I would, I would love mini. I would love minis made out of Cora's drawings, which would be awesome. It'd be fantastic for her to have, but. I, uh, you know, I'm also very keen to be realistic within this project. Absolutely. Um, uh, and, and, and no, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen, Gary. <laughs> Go ahead, Brent. Oh, I didn't have anything. I'm sorry. Oh, I, you've been, you, you were revved up, but maybe it was just to make comments. <laughs> just to be a peanut gallery over there. <laughs> He's excited to be near me, isn't he? I can't, That's what it is. I can't wait for those standees. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to paint my standees. They look awesome, though. They look absolutely charming. I mean, one, one of the things about... The, the, using the kids game as the kids art as another thing and sorry I, I, I'm, another thing that i feel very passionate about is a lot of kids games are what adults believe kids like um okay yes um and i think there's lots of cutesiness and 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 just stuff that adults believe that children should like rather than what children actually do like um, <clears throat> and I, I feel i feel bad for for keeping commenting i've said it a few times and this guy was coming from completely the right place, but but he commented on one of my videos about core request. Um, why why haven't you got things like pillows and um, and frisbees and and lightsabers and stuff that kids would like to 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 fight with? And it's like, well, I, I know where you're coming from, and and you know he's a very very nice guy. I'm not not down putting it down on him, but. Yes, you if you've asked Cora that, she'd say, "Well, well, swords are cool." And it's like, "Yes, yeah, swords are cool." You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so it, it's you know, and and fair enough. The fantasy tropes are a bit tired for adults and grown ups and things like that. But an eight year old who's only just watched right. Lord of the Rings for the first time—that's not a tired trope. That's incredibly exciting. Um, so, so I, I reject a little bit, you know, the the need to have a, a teddy bears in it and, and and things like that because because kids. Adults tend to misjudge what kids like at various different ages, mm-hmm. I think. And, and they feel they're into younger things than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a child, from my experience, I don't know about you guys, but my experience is my kids have always watched 
TV programs that are kind of one age bracket up for them. Mm. So, so that the slice, they don't quite get, but they like watching it because it makes them feel grown up. Um, and then, and then when they are the right age, that Thomas the Tank Engine or, or, or whatever is, is aimed at, and you try and show it and they go, no, 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 that's for babies. I'm into, mm-hmm. you know, iCarly now or whatever. So, so ki- kids, kids. <laughs> iCarly, she's like 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. I've got a 17-year-old girl back there and she, and she used to watch iCarly. That's what I'm thinking of. But she, she used to watch iCarly when she was like six or seven. And it's not really that, that's not the aim. Or the, theoretically, that's not the aim. But in actual fact, kids, kids like what they like and, and adults often don't quite understand what, what kids do want, I think, mm-hmm. and, 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 and put their ideas on them. That actually transitions perfectly. Gary, you are a plant. Very good, Gary. Uh, <laughs> it transitions perfectly to the discussion I want to have, which is how yeah. adults can get kids into games in general. Like, I mean, and mm-hmm. Quest is a game that is designed for that. And one of the points, and you've made this multiple times, uh, and I've always remembered this, uh, I've made that point. Uh, uh, you know, even a broken clock is... <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I am national, internationally renowned as the world's expert in children's gaming. It's true. <laughs> no, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But the, the point is so good. I, I, I've, I've carried it with me for years and years, like in my, in my therapy, reaching with kids. There is an assumption that you have to kind of like, you know, give them the cutesy stuff and give them the mm-hmm. teddy bears and the, you know, the Care Bear stare or, or whatever, speaking of old stuff. We're all old. Look at our beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We won't go uh, or like, beards, you know, whatever, yeah. the, you know, the SpongeBob and the, the Steven Universe. And that stuff is cool. Uh, but, I mean, that not necessarily, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think, uh, you know, obviously you have a, you've had a lot to say. I mean, I don't know if you've had experiences because Gary, just to, you know, just to, you know, lay our cards at the table, we're all, you know, taking care of kids, right? as parents and parental figures. Yeah. So then, you know, um, Brant, <laughs> I should look at your name. I have your name right there. I just, I just look at the name plate. I, I, always, think, I always forget his name as well. I, I, I keep wanting to call him uh, St. Nicholas. That's what I yeah. call him. I was actually <laughs> thinking, Jason, I think... <laughs> I was actually thinking that when we were talking about Isle of Cats, I think that's the last game we played together. Didn't you come over and play Isle of Cats? Uh, that was, yes. That, that, that was, so I think that was the last, last time. Year. That would have been like February. Yeah, January. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, so you have uh, your own kids. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, Zephra plays games. I think she's eight or nine or somewhere around there. Eleven. Oh, Eleven. Okay. All right. So oh, I mean, she's, she's now. God. <laughs> it's been a long time, Gary. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> plays games consistently with you has done so the entire time uh brian has stayed with you brian has brian is um the the retailer uh they they run this help from the store together brian has a three-year-old four-year-old five uh, at this almost point. six next oh. month oh my god it's been too long people <laughs> <laughs> and gary has some children uh, that has been acquired into his home uh, mm-hmm. three and five so we all have experience you know exposing people to stuff and we can i want to start we'll start here talking about like pitching games and and thinking that we need to do the cutesy stuff in order to bring you know kids into the orbit and i wanted to hear brant and gary your experience with that um so my experience so far has been um a pretty simple one um it's pretty much i will play a game <laughs> with my girlfriend and the kids will then naturally get interested. And I, I, that's kind of the way I've learned how to not force things onto kids and also not to make them feel like a, 
Um, I'm forcing them to do things that I want them to do things my way and to adopt my hobbies and stuff like that. It's one along the lines of like, hey, I'm going to do these things around them. And if they're interested in it, then they'll mm-hmm. come over and ask questions and they get mm-hmm. themselves involved with it. Um, it's, ve- it's actually been very rare when we would slap down a game like, hey, as a family, we're playing this right now because that's what we're going to be doing. I think right. I've done that maybe like twice or something like that. But that was, but also these times when I'm doing it is also out of, I've noticed interest. Like they're like, oh, I kind of want to play a game. And I'm like, hey, because you said you want to play a game last week, I remembered and I'm holding you up to that. So we're going to yeah. play a game right now. So, um, but that's only happened a, a couple of times. And, um, but yeah, that's pretty much the way I've been getting uh, uh, these two over here into games here and there. Um, so in, in other hobbies, of course, but, um, cause I don't want to focus just on board games, but obviously yeah, sure. it's every game that, that like we make the division <laughs> as, as adults. And that's the other, another thing I want to talk about. We divide board games and tabletop games and video games. It, it's all games to them. Mm-hmm. And we're the ones teaching them. So like, we don't need to teach them that right away. It's like, we need, they need to play board games right now. They don't <laughs> just play whatever they'll, they'll be drawn to. Uh, another thing, speaking of the whole adult theming thing, I think you told me this gary about like your kids would kind of go into your blood rage box and play with the minis oh ooh, i muted myself so with that one yeah that was a um uh, i i now get why everyone else gets annoyed with their kids going into their games <laughs> because especially my blood um my um blood rage minis they were painted and everything by a friend of mine and uh, gwen she like did such a ridiculously good job where i was like no like if there's one <laughs> box for you to go into and look into not blood rage um so yeah it's uh it's it was that was, there was also a learning process in terms of like um taking care and and being considerate of things mm-hmm. that are not yours and stuff like that because uh, that was definitely one of those moments of a uh, um like literal fear <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like no this is the nightmare that everyone talks about you just have to give them a bath and use a toothbrush to get them clean that's what i, I say breaking it i'm worried about breaking it <laughs> let alone getting it messed up and dirty and stuff like that that's like that's like on the low tier issues i'm up at breaking at this point chewing it chewing it yeah <laughs> uh what about you brand uh, getting your kids into games yeah so you know the biggest thing to start with is just every kid is different which i think we all we all realize mm-hmm. that um but there's several things so my oldest 11 um and i got Three different kids I'll go through here, actually. Uh, For her, it's very much like, what do you want to play? I have to drop the, what do I want to play? And what do you want to play? So, you know, she'll decide, oh, I really want to play that. She really likes to repeat games, which is funny, like with doing reviewing and content and Mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, oh, I don't want to repeat a game. What is that all about? (laughs) (laughs) I I reviewed that three turns in. This is over. Um, uh, Brand used to get mad at me because I would I would be playing a game and then I would like midway through the game I'd launch BGG and like rating right there and he's like, <laughs> you this game? That. It's like man we haven't even finished <laughs> but so that's big for her so some things that we have wanted to do um, like with COVID so we'll do a thing where it's like hey we're all gonna pick one thing we want to do today right so they know I'm gonna pick a board game but then it's like you want to do you know a, a cooking project and you want to do this so we all pick something we're gonna do we do that. With Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, I've actually gone to a little bit of bribery. Like, hey, every game you play, there's some kind of reward for finishing mm. that game. So that's gotten, gotten us. And then as we've played more, people have been like, wow, this is really fun. Because they get used to the game playing it a bunch of times. Mm. Um, 
And then we also have a now six-year-old. So with her, it's very theme. It's very on point. So she likes she likes those kind of things. She likes the Haba games with unicorns. She's madly crazed with Disney princesses. So there's this like yep. oh, yeah. Disney princess cupcake game that mm-hmm. everybody should own. It is amazing. It's like these rubber cupcakes that you can rebuild and it's phenomenal. And so that is huge for her. So she's very into theme and tactile. Uh, the both of them. cupcake party game, people. I, there that it is. is an indispensable tool in my chest. Actually, I think your daughter played with it at our house. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, so for them, also, length is a huge thing for both of them. I mean, 60 minutes is a long time. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. for now. Now, the third, the third kid, though, as you alluded to, Brian's son, who's almost six. Mm-hmm. So they've been living with, they lived with us for 19 months and finally got to buy a house last month and moved out. So he was around a lot. And of course I was teaching from home. Yes. Congratulations to them. He is a gamer. He's ready. So he's like, what are you playing? And I'm like, Gaia project. Okay. I'll play. <laughs> like he's in, he's just ready to go. <laughs> so I played altar quest with him one morning. Wow. Only the two of us were awake Ooh. and we played through altar quest and he he's down. Like, let's do it. Blimey. You know, I had Crazy. to kind of tell wow. him what's happening and what's going on, but he, so it was kind of more what you were saying, Dan. He just wanted to play those games that he saw us playing. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be part of that, and that was a big thing for him. But he'd still hit that barrier, and then very much what Gary was alluding to, he would say, okay, we're done. Now can I play with the game? That was what he would say so often. Can, mm-hmm. I, can I just play with the pieces uh, in terms of all that? So. Right. I think oh, uh, I, real quick, going go, to yeah. go back to shilling really quickly, uh, Dan. How long is um, Core Quest? Well, that I was just thinking that it, it's about between forty-five to sixty minutes, and 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 you know that's the other the other thing to say. You know, every every game has an audience, and and many kids are just you know. 10, 15 minutes, and then that's that's it. And I would never, never suggest pushing something like that on them. Um, so it, 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 you, you know your own kid, don't you, really? Mm-hmm. You know your own kid. Um, so, so, yeah, about, about 45 to 60 minutes. Right. Uh, to, to go to uh, Brant's point about princesses, that like that's obviously cutesy stuff to, to draw a kid in, but I find that when, you, when it's the cutesy stuff, they need to be really emotionally invested in it. Like if they, if your kid loves stuffed animals, then fine, you can give them stuffed animals. Oh yeah, yeah. If your kid loves princesses if you, or, or unicorns or whatever, then go cutesy. I don't think the cutesy stuff just on its own, you know, like you can't just present something colorful. Right. And I think that, not that there's been a ton in the board gaming space, but like I think if it, when board games kind of dip in that space, it tends to be that kind of like default cutesy. And I just, you know, just give them, you know, give them the real stuff. I mean, give them, give them a sword. <laughs> <laughs> give them a bow and arrow. Give them a giant three-breasted monster, whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we uh, overstepped that. Part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take, take it down and Yeah, big, well, I think every, every house should have a statue of me in it. That's <laughs> that's that's completely separate. Um, that's a completely separate matter. A lot of people ask me what to do to to get young kids into gaming. Um, and, and the first thing I, 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 as we all said here, every kid's different and some kids aren't gamers, you know, and sometimes, and you, not even sometimes, you always have to accept that because what you're going to find if you try and push a non-gamer into gaming, you're going to get into a point where they're, they're not taking the turns, they're distracted, they're, they're, you're going to have to start, and then you start getting cross, you start disciplining, and that drives them even further away. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's, if, if a kid doesn't enjoy games, then they're not a mini you. A kid isn't something that you get to dictate what they like. You know, you, you, 
I object to when, yeah. when um, babies are born and things like that. You know, they, they were like, yeah, is, and they're going to love Star Wars like I do, and they're going to love board gaming like I do. It's like, no, they're going to be a human being who might like the same things as you, but mm-hmm. I certainly don't have the same hobbies as my dad did. Um, so any, anyway, that's beside the point. I find that buying young kids, three, four, five, what I always suggest is buying very, very cheap games from thrift stores, not yeah. buying every Haber game, you know, f- and spending hundreds and, and hundreds of dollars or pounds on it. Go to a thrift store, you know, sweep the, the, game, the game shelf into, into your bag and, and go out for, for a tenner. And then, and then see the, A, see if they enjoy gaming and B, what kind of things they do enjoy, how, what the kind of lengths are they enjoy, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's loads of good... And, and at that age, it's all either memory game or roll and move, and that's fine as well. You can't get too snobby about that. Um, <clears throat> the reason memory games and roll and moves games work is because kids have a chance of winning it, um, um, and especially young kids. Um, and so, and so, you don't have to play down, and you can, you can, you know, they, you can learn how games work while still having a chance of winning. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, well, I mean, with yeah. just the general idea of getting kids into gaming, that's a good, yeah. that's a good suggestion. I didn't know, I didn't think, think of that, but that makes all the sense in the world. That, that's no, what it, I it, did it, with, with, with my kids. I just, just bought all the cheap games from even, even kind of game of life and that kind of, you know, any, anything just to, it doesn't matter if they don't like it. It doesn't matter if you get wrecked, you, you, you know, you just, just experiment. And then once you kind of got the idea that they enjoy this thing, then you can start spending the money. Not, not as soon as they're born, buy an entire back catalog of Haber, which mm-hmm. some people do. You no, and that is also in, yeah. a very good point on the whole thrift store thing because I actually did that myself unbeknownst to me. I didn't even notice I did that. But um, I got like a whole bunch of old school games like uh, Jenga, Connect 4. Yeah. Um, they were like a dollar, $2 each and stuff like that. And um, those games actually probably worked bigger wonders than most of the more recent new games. Like, uh, no offense to them, by the way, like, uh, uh, was it Sleeping Gambit or Sleeping Queen or whatever? Yeah. Um, Sleeping Queen. Uh, uh, good one, though, that one. Yeah, they're all, these are all good games that my kids have actually enjoyed and played several times at this point. But the ones that got them really into it were the ones like Jenga Connect 4. And um, you, you, hit, you hit the nail around this, uh, whatever, you hit the hammer around the nail. Something. Where the kids actually need to kind of win in a game to also get them more interested in it. Like, for example, um, I, I don't remember... I, I'd never seen um, uh, one of my kids, the youngest one, so excited when he beat me at Connect Four. And it was completely, I was, I was legit trying, y'all. And he actually randomly beat me. And I was just like, wait, how did this just happen? And I've never <laughs> seen this kid more excited uh, playing a game before because uh, I was actually trying super hard to not let them win. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm going, I'm going to put my foot down this one time right here. I'm just going to let them not win any games. But then next time. I'm going to be like, yeah. oh, wait a second, I got better at the game and now I'm actually beating him. But no, he actually beat me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, also, I wanted to mention, if you have a uh, quality local game store like the Portal in Manchester, Connecticut, mm-hmm. you could look for the used games rack uh, mm-hmm. and also look up games there at your, at your retailer. And, and have somebody recommend games to you as well, because that's, that's, that, that's a big thing as, yeah. as well. Yes, yeah, so last time I was actually at the portal, Brian actually recommended me a bunch of really good games for kids. Um, he mm-hmm. got me. Um, I'm having a brain fart. I can't look at my shelf right now, but he got me a couple really good ones. He, I mean, I got Ice Cold, which the kids have been liking a lot, and um, uh, he also recommended. Uh, oh, that was a memory game. How come I, I can't remember the name of it? It's like, <laughs> you're, you're not very good at it, then, Gary. You lost the game <laughs> before you <even> played. <laughs> 
I don't I don't know if you remember um Gary when we were together in um, Dice Tower Corner the the award ceremony and I, Ice Cool won the award and I was I was being very disparaging I really don't like Ice Cool I think it's rubbish <laughs> I, I was making you I was making you laugh by uh, by insulting the uh, people's choices but anyway <laughs> You are so yeah. wrong. I love ice cool. That game is amazing. I don't, I don't like. I don't like flicking games. I don't like flicking. Okay, games. flicking. I can't, I can't flick. Mm-hmm. Nope. So then, um, actually, <laughs> this is. I, uh, uh, everyone, Dan just uh, flipped off the camera. For, uh, I did not. That's uh, a lie. At the, you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> um, actually, and this is one. I want to make sure I hit this point. I think we'll we'll, we'll end here. Is um, you mentioned Dan, like kind of a, a snobbery attitude, and I, I feel like. That is such a low-key important barrier for parents to get open games to their kids because I think there's like a little bit of a snobby attitude where it's like, okay, I want to get my kid into quote-unquote real games. Mm-hmm. So like people ask that question, it's like, how can I get them into games? But really what they mean is, how do I get them into my games played my way with the official rules? And, you know, and I want to get people into there and like – I get that question. You want to get kids in the game, but like to get to that point, man, you, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you have to be flexible with this stuff. Like it, you can't, like, you have to like, you know, be able to fudge rules and like, you know, gamers, we, we can't stand house rules. No, don't review a game. If you're basing it on the house rules, it's not legitimate. Da, 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 da. That's like, when it comes to kids, it's, it's almost all house rules. I mean, mm-hmm. tell me mm-hmm. uh, your impression about that, Dan. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, um, it's very key to remember the question why the question how can I get my kids into games should really be how can I how can I provide the enjoyment to my children that the games give to me not how mm. can I get my kids to play my games with me so I have someone to play against um, that that that's that's key I think it, it's about the 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 pleasure you want to transfer the pleasure you take from games to your children and, and give them the pleasure. And so you have to be adaptable. You have to, and, 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 and it does frustrate me sometimes when I see, you know, people saying, Oh, I, 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 I you know, I play Agricola with my, with my two year old and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, you know, it's just like, we, we, we all know those parents, don't we? Hey, it's got minis. There's those Agricola minis. Have you seen oh, yeah, those yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Kids or whatever? <laughs> and that's fine. If you play, got a leg up on Cora Quest for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Agricola! <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you do play Agricola with your kid, and what it is is you bringing the rules right down and, and just, just moving the things around and letting them feel part of it, then that's absolutely fine. But if you're sitting there wanting your your kid to to be to be there for you, not the game to be there for your kid, I think is, is what I'm saying. Uh, I got, got confused in myself there. I can't even remember the question, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's why but, I think uh, like yeah. playing easy modes or playing co-ops, like play co-op on easy mode and let the kid make all the decisions. Don't even yeah. suggest anything to them. Like let, let them do that. You know, I'm just thinking of games that have added them and these aren't necessarily games for kids, but like the Lord of the Rings with Journeys to Middle Earth, mm-hmm. they added like a story mode where it's not focused on how hard will the game be, but can you get through the story? You know, there's that element. I obviously play way too much Marvel Champions, but they have a mode where it's like you just fight level one of the villain. It's probably going to be really easy, but you get that experience of playing the game without all that overhead of the length of the game and those kind of things. So same with a co-op doing a co-op and being, and they're like, what do you think I should do? I don't know. What do you think you should do? What would be a good choice? Even if you let them talk it out, you know, that's really like 
teaching them to game, mm-hmm. you know, teaching them to make those decisions. Oh, that's a, that's a really good point. And um, uh, I mean, something I would add to this is that uh, it's a little bit out of the box thinking, especially it's also kind of not kind of not really as possible during COVID. But um, one thing I highly suggest is for you to just be playing with other people. Um, it, this serves two purposes. One, you get the, uh, your satisfaction of actually wanting to play your games and do things your way and just get it out so that then by the time you're playing with your kids, you don't need to uh, fit, fill that satisfaction yeah. of mm-hmm. – because if that's the only time you're playing games is when you're kids and you're going to be like, oh, well, I wanted to play Gloomhaven today, but like he's three. He wants to play <laughs> Unicorn Glitter Luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So – so um, playing with other people serves that purpose. It gets it out of your system so then you could do uh, – so that when you're playing with your kid, you could do the things that you hate doing. No, I'm joking. But um, uh, the second thing that it serves a purpose of is, is that it also gives you practice. And it sounds kind of weird saying this, but, um, uh, for example, something that I do a lot – actually, I, I used to not do this, but now more recently, a 1,000% do this, is that whenever I show up to game nights and stuff like that, I have no plan. I have no – agenda that i need to fill or anything like that it's just like drop a game in front of me and i'll play whatever it is mm-hmm. if you do that a lot and you get used to doing that more often it becomes incredibly easy when you're playing with kids that didn't just play whatever they want whatever mm-hmm. whatever fits the situation mm-hmm. and whatever um uh is appropriate at the time as opposed to always needing to play the latest game or uh the mm-hmm. uh, extreme rule tense of games stuff like that so um yeah i highly suggest playing just Playing with people that are not your kids. <laughs> that kind yeah. of I, I, I know you're trying to wrap up, Jason, which is why I'm trying to sabotage you. But um, <laughs> the, 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 the other thing, the other thing I just wanted to, Gary just just um, just reminded me of is I, I run a kids board game club as well. Um, I did during the COVID uh, before COVID, um, where preteen kids got together. And one thing I found is that kids who don't normally like playing board games with their parents will definitely want to play board games with other kids. So if, if right. you, if you, if you play board games, when your kids friends come over and they'll be excited because I'll see all these board games and go, Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Then, then that's another good way of getting kids into good game. If, if you've got their peers and their friends playing with them as well, they'll, they'll, they'll very much enjoy that more than they would do just playing against you. Cause the mm-hmm. dynamics different. The dynamics different. You can try not to be, but it always is. I, I mean, I just, I'm re- I feel really strongly about this because I see it like, I see a lot of kids get kind of turned off by people, you know, like, you know, we're going to play Monopoly. We're going to play this, this, and this. We're going to see it for three hours and we're going to enjoy the day. And, you know, like adults who kind of have, this is the right way to game. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to, I'm going to bring them in to how I'm playing. And it's like, you know, I, I, I use games therapy all the time. Uh, gonna use core quest in therapy so yeah! to bring it all back <laughs> yeah! and i don't i oh like i the, the the reason i was so interested in core quest i i should have probably let off with this but whatever because right now my go-to adventure game is my semistics mm-hmm. and i house rule the living daylights out of that game just for us to be able to a, get it in 45 minutes but just to, for the access and you know i i have to be able to house rule i have i can't like be invested in like okay i want to play it my way like that's the i I feel like with so many games like the only way to get the to give the access is to kind of break down the barrier house rule or whatever and you know just as as a closing kind of thing about core quest like access 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 is that kind of the the idea there dan yeah well as i I say it wants to be as accessible as humanly possible we try to simplify everything down to the absolute core of it while still having an exciting fun game to play um so so yeah no it's all about access all about access and all about encouraging people 
that the, the, the rule book is is theirs and they do with it what they want. I've seen a few threads recently where it said, I think it's disrespectful for the design of the house rule stuff. It's like, no, not at all. You know, you do, this is your game. You bought it. You, right. you do, you, you change it. Cause that's what I want. I want you to change it. Mm-hmm. Tell that to a gamer. <laughs> it's it's in the book. I'll put it in the book. Oh, that's another thing I'll put in the book. Yeah. <laughs> change. Actually, it's in there. It's in, it's in there all over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I have answered. I have all my questions. I've addressed the things that I wanted to address. Uh, uh, my my gentlemen, uh, my people from Connecticut. Uh, any last words or thoughts or anything like that before we uh, close? It's not my birthday. It never was. It never will be. I was never just will about be. to say happy birthday, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it was like on my lips. I was waiting for the actual close. I can't lie. The entire time, I'm like, Bye. stole it from you. Stole it. So <laughs> Yes. Here, um, here I thought they were being serious about Core Crescent. They're just they're plotting to each other about birthdays. What have I done? <laughs> it's the only reason I agreed to come on. Never mind birthday. Never mind Core Quest. It's all about wishing Gary uh, a happy, a very happy birthday, Gary. Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> just go out and buy Core Quest already, people. Yeah. <laughs> February the 1st, it goes to Kickstarter. I don't know when this, this, this will air, but February the 1st goes to Kickstarter. Short campaign, 18 days. Um, there's some exciting stretch goals with some, uh, some celebrity uh, participants in there. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't tell you. I'll tell you off air. I'll tell you off air who, who the celebrity is. It's actually it's launching this Wednesday before the, the right. thing. Okay. I, I want to try to get as much buzz for this as possible. I, I made a joke about it, about like you know putting the way the reviewer had and being a show, but that, that – it's really like with the way the reason I do content creation is not to quote unquote, like be objective and review games. I, I want to share joyful things. I, you know, I see like I have a, a box full, I have boxes full of joy behind me and it is like my goal in life to share as much joy as possible. And knowing what I know about gaming with kids and knowing what I know about, you know, having such a paucity of resources for like adventure for kids, like real, you know, crunchy, chewy, <laughs> like yeah. delectable adventure that isn't just like a storybook. Uh, it's such a it's such a um, empty space right now. And seeing that Dan and, and Cora have jumped in to fill that space, they've done a lot of the work. Dan is all over the place. Dan, you know, <laughs> you are you're you're posting on different for. I I know you don't like this because you're a grumpy <laughs> person, <laughs> but you're posting on forums. You're getting crowdsourcing your art. You're you're gathering resources like you like you've been so open about this design process that you know you could just see it like you could just see that the 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 cloud of witnesses the quality the people that are involved i i really like i i i really mean this this isn't really a shell thing i mean i I just feel like this chance this project has every chance of ticking all the boxes that we have presented here today really thank you that's 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 very kind of very nice of you yeah well i am i am i am i'm a grumpy man um (laughs) very grumpy man (laughs) (laughs) but only only for insincerity is 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 my main source of grumpiness and 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 there's no insincerity within this campaign and Mm -hmm. there's no insincerity within the 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 joy and the love that's coming back to us and and so it's i'm not a a social media person because a lot of people on social media irritate me but um i am i'm also um, I've also been very humbled by the amount of people they, they help with that. They, they say it takes a village to raise a child, but it's certainly taken a village to make this game. I mean, the amount of people that are involved is incredible, and 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 none of it would have got off the ground without them. So so um, so yeah, no, it's it, I, I believe in this project. I think it's I think it's a it could be a. <coughs> 
a small, I'm not saying a massive, a force for good in the world. Do you know what I mean? I, I think yeah. it's a positive contribution to the world. And it's got my daughter's name on it. It's a wonderful thing, um, really. And it's something she can be proud of going going forward. And that's that's ultimately the reason it's going to Kickstarter is because because I, I believe strongly in it. And I also believe that that it's, it's, it can be part of my daughter's kind of contribution to the world. And, and you know, if I can help give, you know, enable that, then that's fantastic. And, and now we can truly say that among the village that is helping uh, bring this to life, Gary Pope has finally contributed something yep. useful. <laughs> and, he, and he said he's going to buy 12 copies as well. So thank you, Gary. <laughs> that was really nice. That will get us, that might get us, that's really generous of you, Gary. I this really appreciate it. Are we done here? He's going <laughs> to hand them out at his birthday party in, in goodie bags. Well, uh, Gary's a wedding photographer, so like he's gonna hang them out to you know to people who are having their wedding, and they're gonna have the little yeah, bubbles of joy. Party favors. My wife think about the no no the funny thing about that is that um I told uh sorry I'm not gonna ramble, but um I said told my couples that I would try and get every couple a board game this year, at oh, least pretty much for, for indefinitely. Yeah. And I'm not giving them chorus quests. <laughs> It's not out yet, Gary. Anyway, so so you're all right. But, yeah, yeah give your diplomacy. Copy. That'll go a lot better. Yeah, my my wife used to be a, a wedding photographer back in the back in the day, back in the day of film cameras. And uh, one day, the film the, the negatives got delivered to our house, and our dog ripped them all up, all the negatives up from oh. this wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Gary. There's a there's a there's, oh. she stopped doing it after that. That's yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't, a, that wasn't a good day in our household. No. Oh, my God. On that cheery note, <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of my good friends, Brant Sanderson and Gary Poe from Connecticut, and on behalf of Dan Hughes, uh, who is the designer of Core Crest. Co-designer. Uh, I would like... <laughs> we call uh, Go on, carry on. <laughs> thank you very, very much. This is Jason reminding you, if you change your mind, you can change the world. So until next time, later, everybody. Bye. 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 Happy birthday, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.